Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Full Picture Property YouTube and podcast. So we help you on your way within your property journey. And today we've got Danielle uh, from Macanta Interiors. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me, Gaz. It's a pleasure to be here. No, it's brilliant. And uh, what I've done is I've I've tried to do a bit of a dad joke, so hopefully it's okay. Um, so this is about interior design, but I want to call it interior design because you're going to make us a lot of dough by showing us how to uh, use interior design to our advantage to make more money within our property journey. Is that okay? Yeah, that's the plan anyway. Let's. Is that, let's yeah, good, is that a good dad joke? That's awesome. So thanks for coming on. Um, I mean, you're an interior designer. Uh, how long have you been an in, in interior designer for? So I started my content interiors about six years ago, but I graduated from university back in 2012. So, so a qualified interior designer then? Yes, yeah. I, I've wanted to do this since I was 15. I knew before that, but that was when I, you know, knew what the term was for my parents built their own house when I was, yeah, around 14 or 15. So that cemented in my mind that, yeah, this is what I want to do. So you got the passion. You got the passion early. Yeah, it's, yeah, more than a passion, probably. Yeah. My family no, would say that good. anyway. And it's great, to, it's great to actually have you on because I see a lot of people that say they're interior designers when they're not actually qualified interior designers. So I've got you on. I've got you a set of questions, which we've talked through already, to try and help people with on their um property journey but based off academia which is great and your experiences and and as we move forward it should help people out hopefully i we can only try right we can try uh i know and, and i'm positive it will um so the first question that i wanted to jump in on is how would you say that interior design and spatial planning increases the value of a property so firstly, let's start with the actual data and facts. So there's been new data compiled of over 300 state agents, and they say there's about a 12% increase in the sale value of a home. And I know that's not all areas of property sale, but it is a little bit easier to get data on that sort of thing. And then there is a body called the Home Staging Association, and they say that 90% of buyers spend about two seconds on an ad, so say if it's Airbnb or even a sale, a home sale, they spend about 20 seconds on something with a good photograph versus two on something with, with no or a bad photograph. So they're just some of the kind of data-driven kind of insights we've got. But then we have things like we see new categories on Airbnb showing the different experiences people want to have. So there's so many different categories you can choose from now. And it's all about which one you sit in. If it is indeed an Airbnb that you are trying to, you know, promote. There's other things such as staged homes on average take half the time on the market to sell as an unstaged property. And that is data as well. It's about standing out from the competitors. And with how time poor I think people are nowadays, it's, you know, just essential to capture their attention. So, I always say that when you're looking through properties, it's not necessarily about the style being perfect or to the, that person's exact taste, but it's about drawing them in to initially have a look at the property. It gives them a chance to actually decide um, if they can imagine themselves living in that space. And just good design in general will do that, even if it's not their personal style. 
So that's, uh, you know, something I, I really like to get across. Like, don't, don't be afraid to be too um, careful about the design you do. It's about doing good design because a considered space is what makes good design rather than just, you know, things like, I hate to use the word trends, but, you know, people focus too much on things like that, which I've got a lot to say on. So I think nowadays as well, people are looking for different experiences in their lives, especially since COVID. We've all had a bit of a change in kind of our mindsets, I think. Um, and again, there's data to show that and prove that. So I think it's about creating that experience for them. So how can you stand out with your property um, to, to do that? Yeah, so I couldn't agree more. You know, I think it's very interesting, really. Sorry, go on. I just said, hopefully that's kind of answered your question. That has, that, yeah. So I think it's really interesting. Um, and I think it's an interesting point where you talk about the amount that people spend on on an advert. So for uh, when they're looking at Airbnb or on SA, because uh, that helps with marketing. Absolutely. Like that, that, that that advert, yeah, the more you spend on the advert, the more it's, it's going to be looked at. And uh, the algorithms on Airbnb or on booking.com or any of the others, because they make money from sales. If they see people on your, say, your profile or whatever you're marketing, that will then increase that the, they think that that's going to be used to, to sell. So uh, they'll put it to the top. So if anybody's searching for a certain area uh, and then they're looking at whoever's there and they've, they've put on perfect pictures or they've looked at the flow or they've looked at the design and it, and people are attracted to that design for longer, then the algorithms will see that it it's an attractive um, house or property to rent. So it'll put it to the top automatically without paying the additional uh, to put it to uh, the top of the list. So, you you know, you're saving money in the long run because the sooner you can get that property sold on the market, rented out, whatever it is you're trying to do, then it's not costing you money whilst you have it sitting there. So it's kind of like, you know, speculate to accumulate. It's what I always kind of say. And that's what it's all about. So if you're a property <laughs> investor, that's what you want, really. You want to sell it or you want to rent it out, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, amazing. That's that's really good. Um. I want to move forward a bit with the next question. So when we're talking about interior design, I keep hearing the word flow. And okay, so what is flow? And, and could you tell us more about it? And, and what, what does this mean? What is flow? So as interior designers, we learn about spatial planning was a large part of my degree. So I think often people think of, oh, cushions and colors and paint and all the fluffy stuff. But for me anyway, that's that's not what I focus on. That is the exciting, fun side of it. And don't get me wrong, we do that. But it's about problem solving. It's about spatially planning um, to consider how people live, etc. So what I say flow is, it's kind of the eye's journey through a space. So um, the experience that they're supposed to have is harmonious. It should kind of feel seamless, you know, consistent. This can be done in so many ways. So it can be done from by using a consistent color palette um, to the same sort of flooring throughout a whole entire floor. But most importantly, it's concept. So I always say concept is king. And for anybody who doesn't really understand what concept is, it's the very first part of the planning stage that we do as interior designers. So it's about taking a brief from the client or, you know, having a brief from the end user if it is in in 
property development. So it's understanding the kind of mindset and the behavior of that person um, and asking them the right questions to understand what they need from that space. So we, we do that initially and then we take what we understand from them and create a mood board with a variety of images. These are just images we take off Google if they aren't of our own projects, for example. And they are essentially about trying to filter down to get to a point where we're going in the right direction with the design. So for example, if I got to know you as a person and started to understand who you are, what makes you tick, then we would kind of look at the right styles to suit you know, your personality or indeed your budget or timeline in, in the property world, obviously. And then those images would be representative of that. So there could be any sort of concept from Scandinavian, mid-century, you know, something a bit more poppy, look at different styles in interior, um, you know, in interior history. So maximalism, minimalism. So it's just a variety of images on a mood board. The idea is that you would speak with the client afterwards and discuss the mood board, see if you're going in the right direction. And it's almost um, a filtration process for them to say, okay, we're, we're totally going in the wrong direction here. Or, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. about. That's what we discussed. Um, you've hit the nail on the head. So it's a way to know how to move forward so that you save a lot more time when it comes to the design development stage and the specification of the project, the products, sorry. So yeah, hopefully that answers what flow is about. So concept is the main thing. And then color palettes, seamless flooring, that's the best way to do it. And obviously, sorry, I mentioned spatial planning, having a layout that actually allows that. Sorry, that's so um, important to me that I'm all, you know, it comes naturally, you almost forget it, but your layout is essential in that as well. So not creating any barriers, having, you know, so, sort of a foot plan and a flow that allows a person to easily navigate through a space, whether it's somebody that needs wheelchair access or just maybe it's a space that family are going to spend time in. So they need it to be um, suitable to, to, to allow that to happen. It's also zoning. So that's another area that I could talk about later. Zoning is really important. It's creating areas within areas. So in larger spaces, you often need to break them up. So it's about each area having kind of a functionality. And then on top of that, it's how you draw that area together so that they're kind of clear what the, the, the purpose of that space is. And also they're kind of drawn together, if that makes sense. So it's about helping a large space not feel overwhelming and to have kind of meaning and purpose. Yeah, that's great. So for me, that is, it's very sensory, isn't it? Absolutely, it's about, yeah. It's about, about the, the experience somebody has in a space and if the experience that they have, you know, during their flow through it isn't a good, calm, kind of relaxed feeling, then, you know, it's not good design. It sh you shouldn't feel uncomfortable and kind of on edge as you, as you move through a space. That's kind of yeah. more going in the psychology direction, but that is a major part of, of serious design anyway. Well, that was going to be my next question about it because it's about the way it makes you feel. 
And say if you were coming to design my, say, say I've got a new house and I want you to help me design it. Yes, get in there early, concept, uh, get you there. You, you'd then talk to me, but it's going to be my design. But when we're talking about psychology, we need to understand psychology, say if it's for Airbnb or for SA, service accommodation, for those that um, are unfamiliar with that term, Airbnb is, is service accommodation. But if it's for that, what would you do there? Would you look at the trends? I personally try to stay away from the word trends at the very least. But yeah, trends is, is a tough one in interiors because not all designers like them. So I was at an event yesterday in London and it um, was for Crown Paints and they call them color insights rather than trends because I think trends is very much something that somebody follows just because they're told to a bit sheep-like. So as an interior designer, I, I don't want to do that because trends more can age. It's about designing to a brief. So I would get to know you personally if it was a residential project or if it was a, a development, it's get to know the target end user and what what their needs are for that space, their, their purpose, their reason for, for using that. So for example, um, I've done a couple of um, rent-to-rent Airbnbs for um, a property um, in Sheffield, sorry, two properties in Sheffield. And one of them, they were both actually near the football stadium. So we knew that there was gonna be a bit of a variety in the type of, of user there would be. So it could be the lads going to watch football at the weekend, or it could be somebody on kind of a long um, a long stay project for, for their career. And then it could also be somebody, you know, on a, on a weekend away with her family that might get in a game or, or go to, you know, um, a show or something like that. So you had to be mindful and it's about finding the balance for, for each of those categories of people, you know, not alienating anybody at the same time and working within those type budgets. Yes, I feel like have I gone off the question a little bit? No, no, that's perfect. It, it's definitely it's it's for a, a broad audience, I would say, and you've got to be mindful that you've got to capture that broad audience, as you mentioned, the football in Sheffield. Well, football and Sheffield don't go together. Sorry if I offended anybody, um, uh, but as you can imagine, some footballers might just want to come for one night. They're going to be drinking, and do they really care so much? Whereas you might need somebody that uh, that wants to come to the city because Sheffield. It's quite a big city and there's a lot of people that will want to come to that area. You've got to still cater for them. So I totally get what you're saying. Totally get it. It's got to be so broad that it, it captures everybody and, and yeah. makes it welcoming. Sorry to interrupt. We also ask, you know, questions about the kind of yield they want to make. What what sort of figures are they trying to get so that you're also, you know, tar you know targeting that with the kind of level you're going to design to. Um, and often the time restraints on these projects are so tight that it, because they need the income so quick that it's, it's you, you know, there's only a certain amount you can do really. So it's about finding the balance between the budget, the client you're trying to attract and the timeline you've got. I, you know, I've had exceptionally tight budgets of like two grand and then I've had budgets where it's, you know, up to a hundred K and, you know, there's such a variety in, in that. So, you know, it is very much all about the brief, taking the brief, listening to, to who the user is going to be. And then it's almost like a little bit of a puzzle. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it's a good puzzle, especially if you've got the passion for it, which it seems you have. But two grand, two grand, yeah. that's pretty impressive. And she was really happy with it. And actually, it's booked up. She was booked straight away. So you you can, I'm not trying to say that I want to take on these sort of projects all the time. But, no. <laughs> you know, they that's exceptionally tight. And it's about being realistic about what you can do. That's nothing. It's it's a very, very small amount of money. And, you know, that they were, that wasn't starting from scratch with absolutely everything. And, and that wasn't interior design as such. It was more staging, you know. So, yeah, to be, kind of be realistic, we got to, it's all about the stage you take on a project at. So that's why it's very hard. I often say, oh, or I often have clients say, oh, you know, can you give me any idea how, how much this will cost or, you know, how much your fee will be until I get a very detailed brief? I, it's impossible to do that because you could spend a little or a lot and I will work to your budget even if it is tight, but I want you to be realistic about what you can achieve with that. And it yeah. doesn't matter who, what designer you're going to work with, whether it's Kelly Hoppen or me, you, you've got to be realistic because, you know, that's that's the nature of, of kind of money and budgets. Communication is key. Communication Absolutely. is key and managing expectations because what you don't want is a client to come back and say, this isn't what I wanted. 100%. So far, Was... thank God, I've not had that happen. I've I've only had good feedback so far, so he can't please everybody. So that's good. No, you, you <laughs> done that already. You you can't, but I think I I am always honest from the beginning. Like that's what Macaulay interiors literally, quite literally means in Irish. It is about being straightforward, and you know, as you said, managing expectations, and you know, trying to tick as many of their boxes as possible. But also, you know, keeping up the communications right the process, which I think is vital. I'll, I'll get the clients as much involved or uninvolved as they want to be. And that's one of the main questions I ask at the beginning. So I just had a meeting with the, the other day with um, a potential new developer and, and she kind of wanted to be involved from a creative perspective but kind of you know you, you do the work and and I might kind of get involved in the in the fun side and and the inspiration side so again that was fine I'm happy to to adapt to kind of their flow oh, that's great it's really great you've answered that question with the um what is flow um I think it's important like what you said to get in there early and understand it I think it's good that you work with the clients and and I love that communication is key, managing expectations. Um, was the hundred grand, I've got to ask this, was the hundred grand hard to spend? Um, it was a renovation, so easy peasy. Uh, yeah. You know, that, yeah, definitely. When you just get kitchens, like 100, 100 grand, just gone like that. Kitchens and bathrooms and, you know, that the, the average kitchen for, you know, a, a renovated property is between 25 and 40 for a decent one. And I think until people get to that point where they, you know, they're ready to build or ready to renovate, they they don't really have a clue of of what things cost. And yeah, you can you can work to to quite tight budgets, but it's you know you're not going to get a solid surface worktop for 
you know, in comparison to a laminate worktop, it's it's going to have a totally different feel. So it's about, as we said, going back to managing expectations. And, and I suppose it depends on the size of the property, the location 100%. of the property, everything, doesn't it? Definitely. And yeah, everything after COVID, totally different. So. Oh, tell me about it. I think that changed the game, didn't it? Completely changed the game, COVID, the amount that it costs now for materials, the amount that it costs for, for builders. And I, it's not that I don't want to pay it, it just changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're getting used to a whole new way of working. And, it, and it, it brings me nicely on to, as we've talked about COVID, and we've talked about that you it, things have changed, we now need to look at what are the biggest design mistakes that you see developers uh, make. Oh. So this the, is a fun one. This is the one I enjoy. Right. We've touched on it a little bit already and I constantly see it. So um, I myself often, you know, go away and I start looking at, I've actually left it to my husband and I to book anywhere we stay because I waste so much time trying to look through and find something. And my rule is if it's not better than my own home, why, why would I want to stay there? So that I think that's what these these guys always need to be thinking about is are you giving somebody a better experience than the place that they have left and if you're not then well you you need to think about that so first one being no concept it's just this you can tell kind of a mile away a, a, a property development project fairly often you know you've got your furniture pack they've picked a color to put on the wall They've bought a lamp shade for a light and then they've bought a canvas that has the same colors that are on the wall and they've put it on the wall and it's usually much too small for the space and they're just randomly placed with lots of gaps in between and that is that's my list the matching furniture packs if they don't you know fit within a concept having no concept at all Badly placed artwork. Window dressings is another one. See a lot of mistakes with, with window dressings. And I say mistakes, but I understand that people have their own opinions. But if we're going from kind of a design perspective, it's insignificant window dressings or no window dressings, which make you know a space feel really cold and kind of can have a bit of a clinical feel. The, the purpose of window dressings is, is two things. One is obviously the practical element of, um, you know, their, their thermal properties. But second, the most important one for, for us is they're meant to frame a window. But yet people use half height curtains. So, you know, the curtains that go to your windowsill and they just cut off. That will literally compress the room and the ceiling just gets lower and lower. Like always no matter what the project is I always specify full length curtains because it frames the window it is a much more luxurious appeal and it just really just elevates the space and anytime I see half height curtains I just think it just reminds me of a kid's room not that I'm advocating them in there I either your 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 curtains should kiss the floor just so it's not it's not an easy thing to get right but if you're going to spend kind of any money in a space, then I would put it into curtains. Also volume. That's another thing. You know, the amount of pleats a curtain has, it's 
that's the difference in what will make it more luxurious and make it look kind of cheap and and just you know thrown together so the more volume you can have in your curtains in terms of of the the space that they take up so you know first of all not having them all compacted together and having you know a little gap between each plate but also having a lot of plates so I would say you know up to between four and six hundred wide if you if you can do that if if that's an easier way for you guys to think of it but yeah just nice voluminous thick curtains not thin flimsy curtains so I would spend your money on that over kind of any other item in a space because that is what will give it that more premium feel. It's very interesting. So, it's interesting yeah. to think, actually. There's a lot to consider there. And I know you've, you've still got stuff to, to explain, but a lot to consider there. And even just for curtains, you've it's got to really... think about how it frames. It's also functionality as well, isn't it? Because you mentioned about the heat, heat loss. Yeah, so my my past client who I mentioned earlier, um, at the time we were doing this project, the budget was tight, as I mentioned, but she, you know, understood kind of the value of them and she wanted to use this space for, um, you know, if anybody, we, we had a polite couch as well. So if anybody wanted to stay in that room, you know, we needed significant curtains with a bit of a thermal property, obviously, to, to keep some heat in the space but also blackout lining as well so it would darken the room so the budget wasn't there but just a couple of weeks ago we had some curtains fitted there and we spent a chunk on them and now the space looks totally different and it's it's really practical now but if you can't do it then wait till your property's making a little bit more money and then do it further down the line so you know it's it's a good way to think about it she knew she was going to eventually do that and you know she has invested in it now that the, the property is, is doing well so uh the other things i would say is i find people choosing paint first in the design process i would never choose the paint first i actually choose that quite far into it the reason so for that so what would you choose? <laughs> so I, because I do a concept, you're, you know, I'm working from a, a look or a theme. So I would specify flooring in terms of materials, I would specify flooring first, because if you think about it, there's absolutely an endless amount of options with paint and, and color, and you can get things color matched. And, you know, there's all sorts of technologies now. Um, for example, Crown Paints, who, who I collaborate with, they have a color cube so they can scan um, their, you know, an, an item that you may want to color match to. And then they can give you either a value below or above that to, to work with your space. So I think that's, you know, key to, to consider those sort of things. But I understand we can't always do that in, in these sort of tight deadline budget projects, etc. But my point being that there's so many options if you do paint first you're drastically restricting the choices you have in everything else if you choose the item um that there's less options in first then you can you know it's much easier to layer upon that you see so many people being stuck once they've chose the paint and, and now they can't find the right you know, so far they can't find the right flooring or, and you have to kind of go backwards and either start again or make it work. And then you're not happy with the kind of end outcome. So I 
do leave that one till a little bit further in. However, it's really important to have an idea of the general palette. So if you knew you were just doing neutrals or you were doing really bright zingy colors, kind of having a bit of a, a kind of a variety in the general tones you want to have that in mind is important, obviously, because you will then know, obviously, the sort of floor and finish, you know, you want to choose because it can be a little bit harder to work with certain categories of color and the different kind of textures and tones in a space um, can kind of overpower or underpower each other, depending on how they're put together. So yeah, and going back, yeah, going really back to the initial question as well, um, developers can 100% do this from the concept, as you mentioned, they can do this without, so don't pick your colors go and work out what, what you want to do with an interior designer first and then build it from there. So start with how you, what is, what is the theme and then keep building from there. There's absolutely no reason to say why you can just work with a designer on the concept only. Just give me some sort of direction and then I'll, I'll do the design development stage myself. I'll specify all the finishes and the, and the products and maybe come back to us for a final consultation. There, there is, I think people see here design designer and they think, oh, I don't have the budget to work with you. You don't know, you don't have the budget to work with us. Have you, have you had a meeting with us? Have you had a chat? You know, we could get involved or as, with you as little or as much as you want. And, um, you know, there, there are solutions. I've just launched the DIY designer toolbox, which, I won't push on here, but if anybody's interested, that is an affordable solution. Um, if you do want to work with a designer, you know, and not kind of fully get a designer on board 100%. So just have a chat with us. We do offer no obligation. Um, a chat doesn't cost anything. And, you know, we'll have a brief and honest conversation about it. There isn't any pressure. We only want to work with people who want to work with us or who need to work with us. So, you know, that's how it is at the end of the day, really. And that's what you need, folks. Um, somebody that's passionate to help out. And feel free to later, what we'll do is we'll discuss, um, you can push anything you want on here. Uh, this this podcast and this YouTube channel is about helping people out. Uh, and I wouldn't have invited you on if I didn't think you're going to help people out. So uh, after we finish the questions, what we'll do is got a bit of a game. So we'll have a look at some interior design where we can have a look at what you've been discussing. And then we'll talk about what you're doing within your business. So the toolbox that you've just mentioned, which is great. But yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I want to talk about, because I think it's going to be a hot topic, is Airbnb. And when we say Airbnb, we're talking about uh, service accommodation. So for this, design is, is particularly important. Can we talk about why design is particularly important for Airbnb? Sure. So we kind of touched on it at the beginning. We mentioned the whole categories thing in, um, you know, the Airbnb site. It's now about the type of experience people want to have. So I think how we're spending our money is different nowadays. And I think people want a bit more value for their money. So they want an experience. And I think with how social media is now, there is optimum opportunity to to be seen so the experience is essential um 
people's memories. You need to be memorable if you want to be rebooked. If people know that they um, are going to kind of do the same thing or they're, they're booking that property for the same reason and they enjoyed that, they, they often don't want the hassle of looking for something else because they, they felt that comfort there. It, it ticked their boxes. So, you know, they'll go back to that. And another thing is about being, I hate to say the term Instagrammable, but, you know, unfortunately is the truth people take pictures nowadays non-stop and they want to be seen in quirky interesting environments that stand out that is going to give them a good backdrop for you know their 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 online presence I suppose and with the rise in influencers and that sort of thing I think you just need to stand out it's just so important um and I think if people feel something when they book the space, um, those emotions kind of drive, you know, their motivation to talk to their family and friends. Um, you're having a really significant impact in somebody's life when it's an Airbnb because, you know, this this could be them trying to escape away from their really stressful, you know, day-to-day -day life. Or it could be they're just getting over a major illness or, you know, they've just maybe gone through treatment for something and they need an escape. They need a sort of a haven somewhere to kind of heal and, and you know, kind of reset. So you could be having that effect on them and, and it could actually physically impact their health because of it. Um, another thing is if it is Airbnb and it's booked for somebody that's um, there for, you know, work, it's it can be a lonely time if you're working away from home you're you're out of your comfort zone you're away from family and if you feel that bit of comfort you know you're likely to want to go back so if you have influence over that within your your role then you know your your boss is is more likely to maybe rebook that same place so also if you're out with family and friends you know, you're out to have a good experience. You're you're just really touching people's lives when it's, I think, an Airbnb property. It's a it's a different it's a different person that it attracts rather than just somebody who books into a hotel, maybe. That's kind of how I think of it, maybe. No, no, great answers. Um, I think it's interesting that you brought up social media. Do you think social media has influenced interior design, or do you think interior design is still influencing social media? Or a bit of both? Um, probably a bit of both, but th probably the first one. I think there's much more people trying to do interior design or, or what they think interior design is, which it's not always positive for, for us um, because, yeah, often people think they know what they're doing. And because I'm not the most confident, I'm confident speaking to people one-on-one -on -one and I'm obviously passionate about what I do, but I'm not, oh, look at me. So I don't often, you know, find myself kind of showing my home off or, or doing that sort of thing. And they are the types of people that are confident to do that. So you, it can, you know, it can have a negative effect on kind of you and your business if you're not willing to get out there. So they're good at the, 
the promoting of what they're doing, whether they're doing DIY in their home or or that sort of thing. So yeah, it's had a negative impact on us. And then I think it's also then filtering down to, you know, people think that that's good design. So they're following what they're being told by these, you know, people who are not qualified really to tell them what to do. I'm not necessarily saying they're wrong all the time, you know, but as designers, we follow a key set of design principles. You have balance, proportion, emphasis, unity, and variety. There's a few others, but they are the the core elements to it. And there there is some sort of backing behind why we do what we do. And if you walk into a space that's been considered and designed rather than just nice things have been put in a space, because don't get me wrong, I do think that there are many people that can pick nice things, pick nice colors, but considering how a space is curated is design, there's a lot more to it than just pretty colors and cushions. So yeah, I think it is starting to filter down the the value of design to a degree, but on places like LinkedIn, it's not. So if you're looking for inspiration, although it's not the um the typical place you would would go workplace design is huge right now you know businesses are putting a lot more money into that and it, it's absolutely blowing up so you see some really amazing design there although it's not residential you know you can still take kind of influence from it but yeah I think sometimes there's there's positives and negative to it. just be aware of, of of who and what you're looking at I suppose yeah i i think it's more uh, this is more for airbnb more than some of the other ones i'd i'd suggest uh, you can tell me if i'm wrong there no definitely uh, but I see a lot of influencers will be talking about where they've been how it made them feel the the best pictures uh, when mm-hmm. they're there rather than taking pictures in their own home yes yeah 100% but the bottom line is and the reason i wanted you to come on this is because it's going to make you more money it'll make people more money if they either stage their properties or look at the flow when they're developing, or look at how they want to market it on Airbnb or any SA platform. 100%. You've got to be memorable. Be memorable. Um, be memorable. Communicate. The right uh, reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, thank you very much. So thank you very much for coming on my, my podcast and YouTube channel. Really appreciate it. And thank you for giving your time. So everybody who's listening right now, uh, Daniel gave her time for free. So I can't pay. I can't afford to pay. Uh, but Daniel came for free to give back to the to the community to make sure that you are safe and making sure that you understand the processes to put more money in your pocket. Now, the thing that I want to give back is I want to give you a bit of a plug. So let's talk about um, how how can people contact you? And Thank then also you. you mentioned what did you mention earlier on? Was it a toolbox that you'd created? Yeah, the DIY designer toolbox. So. Firstly, thank you for having me on. I've really enjoyed it. I feel like it's given me a bit of a boost for the day. I really enjoy doing, you know, this sort of thing. And I'm genuinely actually just passionate about it. So I could talk all day and often do. But um, the DIY Designer Toolbox is what I'm really trying to get out there. So it's an affordable solution to uh, an alternative to working with a designer directly. So I wanted to make inclusive I wanted to make design, sorry, inclusive to everyone. I just don't feel that it should be a luxury. 
Um, I think too many people think that they can't afford to work with a designer, first of all. And let me just say, you, you don't know that until you inquire. And secondly, like, if, if that is how you feel, then there is a new solution. So the DIY Designer Toolbox is a series of educational videos. It's a DIY designer planner, so a physical planner book. And it's a sample box and then a Zoom call. So the idea is that I'm giving you the tools to do your own design. So it's, I would say, mostly aimed ideally for renovations. It could be used for a single room because it is really affordable. But those who kind of have a bit of a bigger project. So the idea is they watch the videos in their own time. Whilst they're doing the dishes, you can be listening in to what I have to say. You don't have to see my face if you don't want to. So you kind of take on board the education. I run you through the process that as an interior designer, we go through so that you can follow it in the same way to try and get better results than maybe if you were to take on this yourself. And as you do that, then you can work your way through the planner. So we have everything in here from sections to, to follow the design process. So concept and um, floor plans, design development, uh, tips in there. Also areas to create your budget. So we've got little documents. Um, we've also got uh, kind of your, your more renovation relative things. So tick lists for the various trades you might need to work with. Um, snagging lists, um, areas to kind of create, you know, mind maps so that you can think of all your ideas uh, and get them down in paper instead of, you know, forgetting about them. So it's really a tool to aid you to get organized, get planned before kind of any build or any renovations might start. So it's also a good tool to work with your contractors to, to show. So everything's kind of in one space. So the idea is I send that out to you in the post after you've kind of, um, once you've started watching your videos, you'll, you'll see that in the post, start working your way through. And then once you send me back some information from that, I would send you out a personalized sample box. So this is a physical box in the post containing a variety of samples that are suitable for your project and your budget, etc. So the idea is that you will then try out those materials, um, be it paint, uh, whatever it is that's relevant to your project. And based on your concept, because we've talked about concept a lot, haven't we? It, those are the sort of materials I'm suggesting that would work. Now, it might not be that you definitely use that exact thing, but you're on the right tracks. And then you've got an opportunity to have a Zoom call with me. And if you want to run through the ideas you've come up with. But what I wanted to really give people on this was also an opportunity to get some trade discounts. So I'm collaborating with some partners on giving you those trade discounts in the box so that you know, you, you're, you know, availing of this because you need a more affordable option. So let's give you some discounts as well at the same time, but still getting a quality product. So with my whole holistic approach, I want to try and as much as I can work with businesses that um, are brands that align kind of with me. So I've got Crown Paints on board and they, um, they really um, impress me with all their sustainability all that they're doing for, for that side of things. They're kind of low VOC paints and they're 
clean, breathe easy paints as well. So that ticks my box because I'm all about, you know, health and wellness. That's my other passion. So I just wanted to bring an affordable option to um, the masses and, and see the design isn't luxury. It's to me, it's a necessity. Everyone needs to be surrounded by good, positive um, spaces because well, wh why not feel better if you can? You're still going to spend money on your space, no matter what, whether it's good or bad design. So why not do it better than you would have done before? So the box is retailed at the moment because it's just launched at £97.99. And you get all four elements for that. And it will be rising after kind of a period of time, more up towards 150, 140 um, kind of pounds. So we haven't got to that stage yet. Everything's ready to go. I'm ready to get the boxes all wrapped up for you. So if that's something that you feel would be beneficial to your project, um, you know, please do get in touch. I've got lots of information about it on my social medias. I have TikTok etc. So I'm on Instagram at Atmacont Interiors, um, same handle for my TikTok. And also I'm on LinkedIn. So please connect with me there if you're interested. And yeah, hopefully I've explained a bit more about it. We've got a landing page for you to um, pop on to as well to see lots more information about um, the Interior Designer Toolbox. But other than that, I offer interior design and spatial planning services from concept to completion for residential or commercial spaces with a holistic approach. And that's me. Well, that's phenomenal. And there is, can I say something that's controversial, but not controversial to sure. you? Go for it. The controversial, what I'm going to say is um, it's the woman and man divide, and I'm not trying to split it at all. So let's summarize that. A woman that loves interior design, that is phenomenal for them. They're going to be able to get samples. They're going to be able to see colours. They're going to be able to discuss with you. They're going to be able to proactively go somewhere where they can um, put their thoughts on onto a platform, and then that will develop what they're going to be uh, their mm -hmm. concept. So, the, so yeah, that's the whole idea. Yeah. Is it's, it's aimed at two people, either somebody who feels they don't have the budget to work with a designer, or somebody who doesn't want. Not that as designers we do take over your project because we don't. We work with you if you want to. Um, but yeah, those who feel like they want to do the project themselves and they have the time to, but maybe they just want somebody there by their side um, to kind of, you know, uh, feedback that what they've come up with. So, you know, you, you can use it as in how you choose. If that makes sense. And then I'll go on to the man. So a man typically wants things done quick. They don't, not sound bad. They don't particularly care. They should care. So I will state that they should. That's why I said it might be controversial, but you're going to have discounts. You're going to have a box there to help. Um, it's also going to help if it's a uh, husband and wife or a partnership where it's male and female, where one's uh, into design and one's not. So you've got somebody that's into design with all the tools there that's going to help them save time. And they've got the discounts that's going to save them money, which is what the guy will want. So I think it's a mix. So the controversy is about <laughs> the differences between males and females. So Save time, save money, do it right from the beginning. Uh, yeah, it's 100% about saving time and money. Like just having a structured flow to follow. And, you know, it's the overwhelm that I want to get rid of. I think that's half the reason why people 
either don't put in as much of an effort or make their own choices or, you know, don't be brave about their choices because it just feels like, whoa, this is too much. And actually it's an exceptionally stressful time to go through um, a renovation or just redoing your property because you've got the, you know, your everyday living to contend with at the same time. So that's what I want to do for people is try and just help them see it as a, a bit of a smoother and more, um, let's say, that is possible for them. Well, I think it's a, I think it's a great concept. I think it's going to help people out massively. It'll cut the time out, save them money. Like what you just said, you've hit the nail on the head. What do people want? I'm going to give it them. So I think it's perfect. And I think that's a good way to wrap this show up. Um, so again, I want to say thank you. What I'll do is I'll pop your details into uh, the bio as well. Uh, I can add a slide to the end so I can stick a slide on the end. But also when I start promoting this, please look in the comments because what I'll do is I'll stick Danielle's details in there of how to contact her on various social media plus emails and, and whatever else. But thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it.